Hello, everyone, and welcome to the newest episode of the Theater Enthusiast Podcast. As always, my hot priest candle is lit. I will have to buy a new one soon, and I am drinking out of my hot priest mug. I am very excited about our next guest. He is an Emmy-nominated. He is a Moon Man-winning, MTV Music Award-winning choreographer, director. You know him. You love him. My new BFF, Jeffrey Page. Can you hear that? Oh, that's shit. That's, that's the applause. <laughs> yeah, now it's. Gone. I was wondering how you were going to do that. <laughs> yeah, I have an app on my phone that's an applause app. I don't use it on myself. Maybe I should. <laughs> I, just no, I thought I thought you had I thought you like had some kind of situation inside of Zoom where you were oh, gonna no. like hit a button and no. it was gonna like applaud. <laughs> like your no, I should oh, have God. that. I mean, I don't even know how to edit a podcast, so <laughs> I, me having an applause button is not gonna be a thing. But it's on my phone, so we have. But at least you got all the cheers. Hello. Hello, how are you, Allison? I'm good. I'm here. I'm drink. I'm staying hydrated while drinking out of my priest mug. You know, gotta have the water. How are you? Oh, I need some water. I need some water. Pause. Hold on. So, um, should I riff? Yeah, we're here on the podcast. Water. I'm here. I'm back. I'm already back. See, he's back. I said she, but he's back. Where did I put my water bottle? It's somewhere. I'll get up if I need to refill. Anyway, cheers. We're drinking. Cheers. Yes. Clink, clink. So Jeffrey, like I mentioned earlier, congratulations. So for those who are listening, Jeffrey co-directed and also choreographed the latest revival of 1776 on Broadway that played at the American Airlines Theater through Roundabout, and they just finished their run yesterday. So congratulations on your your run. I feel like it's probably going to be nominated for a revival of a musical, but that's a, I will admit I did not get to see it, which I'm kind of sad about because I do like Elizabeth. Need to see it. I know. I'm sorry. I watched the clips. I'm sorry. Bye. Podcast is over, everybody. This is <laughs> You're welcome. I watched the I have no money to see anything, please. I was like I saw Kimberly Akimbo the other day, which was wonderful. But the reason I saw it was it's really great. I cried a little at the end. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Victoria Clark like wins the Tony because like you kind of forgot that she was a woman of her age playing. She's playing a 16 year old who, yeah, it, she's incredible. The whole oh, cast wow. is incredible. Yeah. It's just like a really <laughs> wonderful, like heartfelt show and it's funny. It's just, it's really great. And the supporting characters are great. Well, I told you, I told you that I, that I'm away in Rochester right now directing, yeah. um, misbehaving and mm -hmm. uh here at jeep performing arts uh center but i want to see kimberly akimbo uh janine tesori is a very dear friend of mine she's a mentor of mine yes um so i want to see it so when i get back i like that's on my list to see so yeah i can't wait yeah that's on my that was on my list but like the top of my list i am dying to see some like it hot I hear it. Oh, I just saw that before I left. I saw it before I left. It's good. Oh my yeah. God, it's good. I wasn't, I I did not know that it was going to be as good as it was. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, yeah. I, at first I thought it was just going to be like a, you know, like a remake of a, of an old, you know, worldwide, you yeah. know, the classic 
typical golden era thingy. Um, and I was like, this, no, this is a really like cutting edge story. This is yeah. really amazing. And I, it didn't like hit me until the last, like maybe 20, 30 minutes of the show. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. So yeah, you, you have to go see it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, you have like Mark Shaman and his partner writing, his writing partner writing it. You have, it's Casey Nicholas, so obviously huge tap numbers. Amber Ruffin with- Amber Ruffin. Yeah, mm-hmm. Matthew Lopez, they wrote the script. And I, I'm a huge Seth Meyers fan, cut to like Amber Ruffin on his show. I haven't watched her show, but I fucking love Amber Ruffin. So yeah, it's, de- and my friends who have seen it, they're just like- if you love something rotten, which I did, you're going to love, so, even though it's a totally different story. They're just like... You, can, wait, your friends compare it to something rotten? Well, I think it was mostly like the musical, like the Broadway musical comedy. I think that's what they were trying to refer to. Okay, I guess. I, I mean, it's I definitely see... not something rotten, but... Yeah, it's very, it's very different. It's yeah. very, very different well okay i i haven't seen the show so i don't know (laughs) last thing i said so maybe maybe this is a jab maybe this is a jab at your friends (laughs) well it's okay she doesn't even listen to my podcast anyway so (laughs) (laughs) i love the way you conveniently have your mug so it's facing the camera I think it's oh. so perfect it's fantastic yeah. well I always drink out it I mean I could you can just imagine if I was like here's my mug and everyone's like what does Neil mean <laughs> it was Neil um yeah no Andrew Scott hot priest from Fleabag and mm-hmm. he was it's funny I was in London six years ago and he was doing a production of Hamlet there and I said to my friend I'm like I just can't sit through another production of Hamlet. I just can't do it. Cut to like looking back on it, we're kind of like we should have seen Hamlet because we could have seen Andrew Scott as Hamlet, but it's okay. I'm happy with what the show we ended up seeing. Anyway, enough about me and me not seeing Andrew Scott on the West End. Jeffrey, I always like starting with, where are you from? <clears throat> I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, after I graduated from high school, I went to Philly. So a lot of people assume that I'm from Philly. Mm. And then after Philly, after undergrad in Philly, I moved to LA and I was in LA for about 12 years or so. So so then people think that I'm from LA. (laughs) So nobody really knows that I'm not from Philly and I'm not from LA, although those are like my my adopted homes. and then after LA, I've been coming back and forth to New York for years. So people always kind of think that I'm from from New York. Like whenever I go down south, they're like, oh, you're a New Yorker. But New Yorkers know by the way that I talk that I'm definitely not from New York. So I'm from Indiana. So Indiana, Philly, LA, New York. Yeah. How long have you been in New York for? Uh, I moved to New York in 2000. Eight for Fela. Well, you know, um, according to Sex in the City, if you've been in New York for 10 years, you're officially a New Yorker. So welcome and hello. 
I am in, thank you. I, I guess I am a New Yorker. Thank you very much. <laughs> so let's cut, let's go back a little bit. So from your, you're from, oh my God, my brain is dying. Indianapolis, Indiana. No, yes. Indiana. Yep. okay, great, great. Um, I just like immediately that song from prom from the prom came in my head. Note to self, don't be gay in Indiana. Um, <laughs> the song that popped into my head when I said Indiana. Um, so what, so growing up there and then you ended up going to school in Philly, but what got you interested in dance and performing and all of that stuff? Um, I was all, I was always that that boy I was always that boy I was like like my family I come from a family of of engineers my father's an engineer all of my brothers are engineers I have four brothers so it's four boys um and all of them are engineers uh my mother is a social worker she has a a, a organization um uh that does a child child care placement um in in people's homes and whatnot uh, and so that has never been what I wanted to do. Like, I've always been like the weird artsy fartsy dude. They had, they had this, uh, competition in Indiana. It was called Star Quest. And Star Quest was a part of this big summer celebration uh, with Indiana Black Expo, it was it was like this big black festival in Indianapolis, and, and it was like a season of Starquest, and all of the dance companies, like hip hop dance companies. I'm talking when when I say dance companies, I mean like kids on the corner who were just kind of forming a little group to say, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna uh, compete in Starquest this year." Like from Gary to Fort Wayne to blah 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 to South Bend to Indianapolis, like all of the all of the black kids around that time would gather in Indianapolis, and it would be like a it would be like a showdown of hip hop dance culture, and I was in heaven. I was a little hip hop boy, and um, one day I was walking down the street. And um, and I saw a, a placard, a, like a, a flyer <clears throat> that said um, tryouts for uh, for dance group. And in my mind, I was like, oh, my God, it's, it's a it's I will definitely want to join the one of the hip hop dance groups. So I went and baby, it was not a hip hop dance group. It was an African dance uh, um, children's company. And I was about nine or 10, 10 years old at the time. I was the only boy and I went and I liked it. I, I really liked it. It was, it was pretty cool. So like in between baseball practice and in between football practice and basketball practice, and karate and and yada yada yada. I would I would like sneak in and go to dance practice. And I was the only boy for years and years and years. I was the only boy, um, and that just grew to a a bigger obsession with dance. And I ended up like making it very serious. I ended up going to the high school of the performing arts, and I ended like I just it just became a thing. I went to Africa. I started going to Africa when I was 15 years old. 
Um, I had a dance company by the time I was 16 years old in Indianapolis. I had a children's dance company made up of around 85 children. And then I had an adult dance company that would tour Indiana to like different banquets and weddings and, you know, like little small events and whatnot. And I would pay people. I was like 16 years old. That's and so that's kind of how I yeah. got into the world of the of the thing. And then I joined uh, a theater company called Asante Children's Theater um, in Indianapolis and uh, and, you know, got heavy into into theater. So it so it was simultaneous for me. It was it was dance and theater was like a thing. Um, went to the University of the Arts in Philadelphia to major in dance. And then I went to L.A. to do the thing thing. And and, you know, that that's kind of that's kind of the short <laughs> that's kind of the super short story, but that's that's how I got into it. Yeah. So you went to school for the performing arts in Philly, like you mentioned. So what made you decide on L.A. as opposed to New York? Um, hmm. Or elsewhere, I guess you could say. <laughs> well, the school that I went to, the school that I went to, um, uh, University of the Arts, they trained like dancers to like go to to A Lee. They trained dancers to go to like um, Complexions. They trained dancers to go to Philadelphia to like really prominent concert dance companies. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend who lived in LA, um, uh, Chris Brown. He, we called him Eclipse, uh, and I went out to visit him just because I was like, I want to check this out. Um, while I was out there, uh, I this is while I was in college. I got so many stories that I completely forgot about. While I was out there. That's what I'm like doing- to bring them all back to the surface. Yep, baby, you are bringing them out to the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, That's while why I was out there. recordings sometimes get very long, but we're going to keep it short today, so don't worry. Mm-hmm. While I was out there, um, I think I think it was Missy Elliott who ended up having an audition and Fatima Robinson was the choreographer. Mm-hmm. And and like my friend was like, Jeffrey, like, you know, you should go to this audition. And I was like, sure, I'll go. And I went and like, I got it. Like, <laughs> I got it. Fatima gave me like she like pulled me aside out of like hundreds of like professional dancers. She pulled me aside and she was like, who are you? I have never seen you before. Here's my personal phone number. Um, like, please keep in touch da, 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 if you want the job. Da, 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 da. But I couldn't take it because why? I had to go back to school. I was only there for like the Christmas break or whatever. Yeah. So um, so when I got back to school, like. I kind of caught the bug. I caught the bug and I was like, I want to go to LA. I, like I completely forgot about why I wanted to go to LA. It was it was that audition. I like I was like this is amazing. The sunshine and the the culture around dance and everybody was fabulous and everybody had money as opposed to, you know, East Coast culture where everybody seemed to be broke. Everybody was like, you know, like in Philly and New York, it was just like a, I feel like it's, uh, you know, in, in my young mind, I was like, everybody's scrounging. 
But in LA, people were like living. Now I have a new perspective of what that is right now in my adult age. But me as a as a kid, I was like, I'm gonna go to LA because I wanna thrive. So I went to LA. So that's that's why that's why I went to LA, and I ended up staying for a, a very long time, and and I did a lot of stuff out there. I met a lot of people, made a lot of friends, um, and that kind of put me on a particular path. And eventually, I'm giving you a super super short story. Eventually, um, uh, I ended up. Uh, some friends were working with Bill T. Jones. This, this is years and years later. Yeah. Some friends were working with, with Bill T. Jones. <laughs> this is with the dance company in New York that I was I was uh, I was touring with while I was in Philly. So when I was in Philly, I did tons and tons of things. And so I was also touring with a dance company called Forces of Nature Dance Theater in New York. And so some of the dancers from Forces they were working with Bill T. Jones on this new project. And they were like, you know, sending me pictures and telling me about it. And, da, 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 da. and I was like, this looks amazing. And they said, Jeffrey, they're having auditions. We're going to Broadway. And I was like, and I made my way to New York. I auditioned, baby, Mr. Bill T. Jones hired me. And I, I began my life in New York as a New York resident. So let's talk about this project that Mr. Bill T. Jones did. And I, I convey to you before we started. So you were in the original Broadway production of Fela, um, which I told you I saw. And it was like, you didn't, I think at the time there was really nothing like that <clears throat> on Broadway or I hadn't really like seen anything like that. And I've been seeing shows now for <laughs> years, not to age myself. My birthday is next week and all. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I was telling you, I did standing room with a friend of mine and I was like, this show is incredible, but I just don't know if I could sit through it again because it's, it's very impactful. It was very moving. It got you in ways that you didn't really expect it to get to you at certain points. And I just, like I said, I can't see this show again and it's not in a bad way at all, but I just, it was really spectacular and I totally forgot that it came back to Broadway but when I was researching I'm like oh yeah it came back so yeah but talk about your experience doing Fela because again that show is just so different than like anything and I, not to like they like carried like certain pieces to the stage at the end of the show I remember and like the projections of what happened to the women like yeah sorry not you know, to like, sit down or anything but no, 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 no. I don't think it's a downer conversation at all. Yeah. Um, on the contrary, I think it's an uplifting conversation. Yeah. In fact, it's what is it's what has I think it's what's made me so interested in the kind of work that I do right now. The kind mm -hmm. of work that I do right now is um is provocative. Yeah. Like the kind of work that I'm most interested in doing um is work that <clears throat> that punches you in the gut and makes you it makes you imagine a bigger better and more expansive version of yourself in the world mm -hmm. the, so that's the kind of work that i that i most enjoy right now yeah. and i think that that came from um my work in fela um of course you know you know 
before I get, I, I came to Fela, you know, all of my work in, in LA with Beyonce and with, you know, with all of those folks out there, um, that also helped to kind of inform me of, of where I was and what I wanted to be. But it was, I think it was the work, um, uh, it was the work uh, with Bill T. Jones and Fela, like, you know, uh, this hard hitting work, it was meaningful. It felt like, it felt like this was more than a Broadway show. It felt like this was a piece of art that belonged at the MoMA. It felt like it was something to be, to be looked at and studied. It felt like it was something that, that jumped into you and, and rearranged your internal furniture. And I liked what that, what that meant. I liked being a part of that. <clears throat> I liked the process. I liked the depth of it all. Um, and, and so that was a really, really magnificent time for me. I was, again, I was young and I was hot-headed and I was dumb and, and, you know, but I was impressionable. Um, but, but, but weirdly, I, I had a lot of experience when I came to Fela. Like I've I already, um, I already was Emmy nominated. <clears throat> I already had worked for several years on numerous uh, television and film productions. I've already was with you know several big mega stars for years. So when I came to to Fela, it was yet another thing. But I already kind of had experience, but I was still dumb. I was still young and I was still dumb. I was still, I, I, I thought, I thought that I knew it all. I, at the time I thought that I knew it all, but I did not. I absolutely did not. Um, Do you find so that, the, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Do you find that, cause I think it's important to note because like I mentioned, like my main goal of the podcast is for whomever is listening and wants to get into the industry gets an idea of like, different perspectives and their stories and, you know, advice, whatever. Do you think that, you know, for young performers that that could be a challenging thing where you come into, you know, something like, I'm so great. I'm so this. And you were saying like, I was dumb at the time. I didn't, you know, no. Do you think that is something that people should watch out for? They should just always be open and learning new things, not saying, I think, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I, I think that I think that we're we're in we're in um uh an era mm -hmm. where where people are um they where people don't fully understand that there is a such thing as being uncomfortable mm -hmm. and and being in 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 being rigorous and again being uncomfortable yeah and being thoughtful and being uncomfortable and being and being inside of the thing getting your hands dirty and being uncomfortable mm -hmm. i think that i think that we're in this thing where uh we have to feel comfort and, and a lot of time and i'm not saying that we have to harm ourselves and I'm not saying that we have to put each other in ourselves in unsafe situations. I think of it a lot like going to the gym, right? Yeah. Going to the gym, I go to the gym and I lift weights and it's hard. 
It's really, really, really hard. It's really hard. I have to mentally prepare. I have to physically prepare. I have to emotionally and spiritually prepare. Like it's really difficult, you know? And then once I get myself to the gym, I have to put in the work and then I have to do it again and again and again and again. And then the idea behind growth is the, the idea behind growing muscle is first ripping, literally ripping old muscle tissue in order to make room for new muscle. Well, that that's kind of painful. That's kind of painful. And I think that I think that um, there are people uh, and, and there is a narrative today where people are where people mistake um, uncomfort uncomfort for uh, for for um, um, something that is actually not good for you. Yeah. And in my mind, uncomfort and not good for you are not one and the same. They're just they're just not. Um, I can be uncomfortable, um, but I can all, but that uncomfortable that uncomfort can can have me um, in the midst of developing my best self. And so and so we really don't we really don't get to see our best selves because we're so interested in being comfortable and always being comfortable. And if we're always comfortable, then we're never meeting a challenge and we're never meeting an obstacle and we're never, we're never feeling the tension of pushing up against some, something in order to grow and develop our, our best and biggest self. And so, you know, I, I, think, I think that there is something to be said about where we are right now. Like, I, you know, I went through a lot of uncomfortable times but those uncomfortable times have made me uh, the very patient and the very wise and the very thoughtful and the very um, um, rigorous person who I am right now. You know, um, like, you know, I, I, I was very dumb and hot headed and, you know, uh, and, and, and now I'm Maybe I maybe I still am, but I think not, not as much as I used to be. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm still I'm still growing. I'm still I'm still I'm still developing, but but it feels different than than I once was. And and I think that I think going through that motion of rigor, like it has formed me. Mm -hmm. I would not have been able to to survive this year alone without without uh having the kind of muscle that that years and years of preparation have 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 gifted me mm -hmm. so I, I i do think that there's something to be said about where we are today and and how we lean on comfort um as if comfort is is the thing that um is the thing that provokes growth and actually I think I think it's quite the opposite. Do you think Fela or how you're pronouncing it, Fela? I hopefully I'm pronouncing it correctly. Do you think that kind of began your journey into what you were just discussing? I didn't. It didn't begin my journey. Okay. I think my journey. 
<clears throat> my journey began a long time ago. Um, my journey began, I have so many stories. <laughs> I have so, you're I, always I so welcome many to come back on the podcast. I, it's an open invitation for you. So you're always welcome back yeah. on the sharing. I appreciate that. Of course. Um, my, my, my journey, my journey began like a long time ago. My journey began with flunking the sixth grade. Mm. My journey began, my journey began with, with being a black little boy in Indiana. My journey began, you know, uh, you know, going to ballet class at eight o'clock in the morning uh, and then that same day being in Washington, D.C. for rehearsal in the night with Debbie Allen. My journey began working with with George Faison and, and Abdel Salam. My journey began a long time ago. Um, I think that I think that Fela um, uh, was a continuation of, of the journey. Mm-hmm. Fela was the thing that kind of helped me to to continue figuring stuff out. It's interesting. While I was doing Fela, I was also um, I was also a feature choreographer on "So You Think You Can Dance," mm-hmm. and so um, and so me being young and not knowing anything, I so so you think you could dance? Asked me to come back to be uh, to be kind of like a resident, you know, uh, uh, choreographer with the show. This was in the midst of Fela. And I went, I, as opposed to going to my equity rep, as opposed to going to my stage manager, as opposed to going to equity themselves who, who, who represent me, I went to Bill T. Jones. And I said, hey, Mr. Jones, listen, um, so uh, so you think you could dance? They want me to do this thing, and da, da, da. he said, "Absolutely not! Absolutely not! Absolutely not!" And and I was like, "Oh no, I can't do it!" And that was that. And and I was heartbroken, and I was angry, and I got over it. But you know, like stupid me, I didn't know that he was not the person that I should have went to. You know what I'm saying? Like I could have went to my equity rep. I could. I didn't know that equity and SAG had a relationship that would that would um, that would benefit these kinds of situations that I was in. I had no clue. I had no clue. So you know, little stuff like that. Little stuff like that. It has been a learning experience and it's all been a part of the journey. Every single bit of it has been a part of the journey, you know? Yeah. So before you talked about your time in LA before your journey to um, Broadway with Fela, hopefully I'm, am I saying it correctly now? Fela. <laughs> so I'll teach you how to say it. So, oh. so, so, uh, it's, it's, so think of like, think of French Okay. Think of the way that, that an E is pronounced in French. It's pronounced A. Fela. And, and an A is pronounced A-H, like A. Fela. Yeah, it's, I can't do it. So, so, no, yes, you can. Yes, you can. So, the pronunciation is Fela. Fela. Yes, that's correct. Thank you. I never was able to learn a language. So thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're um, welcome. So 
because you said you worked with many known people before, like beyond, like, because I told you, I'm like, I want to talk about this. So before we get more into your theater stuff, I want to know, like, where in the trajectory did Beyonce and Mariah Carey come in? So Mariah Carey came in pretty late. Mm -hmm. Mariah was, was more recent because actually my, my very dear friend, Anthony Burrell, was her uh, creative director at the time. And so while he was her creative director, he asked me to come in and, and help him in his role as creative director. And he asked me to help him to, to he asked me to help him out uh, with the tour and staging and organizing uh, the tour. So that was my work with, with Mariah Carey. So that was much later. Yeah. Uh, Beyonce, Beyonce, I've been like, I've been working with Beyonce for probably about 14 to 15 years. Mm -hmm. um, so Beyonce came, Beyonce was like towards the beginning of my trip to, to of my, of my journey uh, in LA. Um, so how did, can I, I ask you, how did the, like, and I don't want to say like audition, but like, how did the journey of that start? Because your career is so interesting where, you know, you're doing theater, but you're also working with these very well-known musicians you're working with so you could think you can dance you know all of that so getting to the aspect of like <clears throat> the LA side like how did Beyonce come into your life I guess you could say um so it was it was an audition uh I was auditioning for uh for her baby boy um a tour it was touring to Europe and then it went to Las Vegas and a couple of other places so I went into this audition um, and I got I got the audition, you know, out of like hundreds and hundreds of, of, of people audition. I got the audition. I got the I got the job. And so uh, I, I was now touring with Beyonce, with Beyonce. And, you know, sometimes um, Solange would join, sometimes uh, the rest of Destiny's Child would, would join. Um, but essentially it, it was with Beyonce. Um, how I started to choreograph for her is because me and Frank Gatson, who was her creative director at the time, and LA, LA people, they have different, it's like different terminologies than New York people. In LA, um, when a person says creative director, what they actually mean is like, um, is like artistic director. You know, in, in New York, we call it, we would call it like an artistic director or like a director, right? In LA, they call it like a creative director, especially in the music industry. So Frank was her creative director. And I became uh, close friends with Frank when I got the job, when he hired me. And uh, she put out, um, she put out, uh, I'm not going to say the name of the video. I'm just going to tell you what happened okay. she put out she put out a video and I was like this I was like is she trying to do African right now this is this is awful this is this is not wonderful and and I called Frank and I said Frank um uh can I like would you mind if if I if I put something together just so you can see, like, can I get some dancers together and maybe you come to the studio and just check it out? He's like, sure. Mind you, Allison, I've been doing, at this point, I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. So I, I, so at this point I've been, because I told you I've been doing this since I was a kid. 
yeah. right? So now at this point, I have been doing this quite a long time. Mm -hmm. And so uh, and so I pulled together some dancers in LA um, and I put together this thing. And uh, and I said, okay, Frank, um, come and come and check it out. So he came to check it out. And when he saw it, he like right on that spot, mm -hmm. he called Beyonce mm -hmm. and he said, Beyonce, I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you a, at the time it was a DVD. And, and luckily I had a DVD. Uh, I, I made a DVD before he came. Like I was prepared to be like, here you go. You know what I mean? Um, he called Beyonce. She watched it. And on the spot, he hired me. Uh, to fly to LA to uh, to to completely restructure her MTV um, presentation, oh, wow. um, like the song that she was doing, um, like kind of like they just kind of threw that version away, and so it it was my charge to kind of recreate the version. And from then on, I've just been working with her like off and on for years and years and years, doing tours and television appearances and concerts and so on and so forth. So that has been my relationship with Beyonce. And 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 it's uh it's also been a part of my my journey in terms of learning because watching Beyonce has taught me, it's taught me a lot. You know, like I remember I remember one time we were doing the MTV, uh, the MTV awards. Um, and there was a section, there was a section that like, uh, like Beyonce needed to figure out. Right. And it was eight counts. So for people who don't know what eight counts is, I'm going to say it to you. Mm -hmm. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's eight counts. Okay. It was eight counts. We worked on one eight count phrase for probably 12 hours because she wanted to figure out this is where I grab my mic. This is where I do the choreography. This is where I put on the da 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 da. This is where I do the do do do. And then this is where I look at the camera. And we literally did that for hours. So when we talk about when we talk about meticulous uh, rhythm, uh, meticulous rigor, I mean, and when we talk about uh, when we and we, when we talk about um, uh, getting it right and not being lazy about getting it right, and when we talk about leaning into the obstacle, and when we talk about this this idea of uncomfort. As a as as an idea to be this thing that grows a person. Well, Beyonce is 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 arguably one of the greatest performers of all time, right? And I would say she's one of the greatest performers of all time because she has a sense of I am going to look at an obstacle and I'm not going to turn away from that obstacle. I'm going to I'm going to walk towards it. I'm going to walk through the fire and I'm going to get it right. Right. And that taught me a lot, like watching her, watching her come into the studio, like me and her 
we worked a lot. Like she would come into the studio like four o'clock in the morning, like, you know, no makeup on, like, hey, what's up, Jeffrey? Let's let's do this thing. Like, oh my God, you know, like, what is that step? I don't understand. Like we worked a lot and I learned a lot from her. I learned a lot from her. I learned a lot from Frank. I learned a lot from all of those people who are who were around during that time. And that's kind of stayed with me through, through my entire process. So when people talk about rigor and when people talk about I'm not comfortable and I need to be in a space where I am comfortable, I don't fully understand what that means because, because I have always, I have always found myself in a space where my biggest growth lived inside of uncomfort. My biggest growth lived inside of uncomfort. So I, I so I don't know what that means when when people say, you know, oh my muscles are aching. Can we just stop and just go get a croissant and some coffee? I don't I don't know what that means because because like we got to get it right. We got to get it right. And so that's followed me um, uh, all throughout the years and. Here's the here's the gotcha gotcha, Allison. That was before Beyonce. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. That was before Fela, mm. and so and so I go to Fela in the midst of Beyonce, right? Because you know Beyonce had her little Fela era as well. Well, that was partly because you know I was in Fela. She came to see the show. She also was one of the producers. Like it was a lot of of cross, you know, intersections happening and whatnot. Um, uh, but I go to Fela, and I think that I know it. I think that I, I think that I'm, I think that I'm wise, and I think that I'm strong, and I think that I, you know, at this point in time, I've I've worked, you know, overseas. I've worked with Debbie Allen. I've worked with George Faison. I've worked on television. I've worked on film. At this point in time, I'm like. What is this Broadway stuff? I'm, I'm gonna show them how to do it. And I was, I was, I was hard-headed and I was stupid. Um, and at the time I did not know that I was hard-headed and I was stupid. At the time I did not know that. Um uh, but because of all of this, like it's all, it's all it's all with me. All of these experiences are with me, and I'm still trying to figure out how am I developing actually you know so so all of this is is with me so my first couple of years in, in new york it was it was stupid jeffrey and i would even say more than my first couple of years in new york you know um i'm learning things right now i'm learning things right now uh, and and i'm and, and and the hope is stevie wonder says when you stop learning you die yeah you know so so my hope is that is that I'm always gonna find something new and something beautiful and something special to to learn about, something special to do. So I'm still learning, you know. So that was that was the the Beyonce thing, and again, that was a very truncated, you know, uh, um, idea of, of of what my journey has been like with Beyonce. Um, with with Jasmine, it was uh, Jasmine Sullivan. Yes. That was again much much later. <laughs> um, with Jasmine Sullivan, she is a she is a, a a Philadelphia native, and so when I was in Philly, um, there was this um, there was this open mic spot. It was called Black Lily, 
and I was a Black Lily fiend. I went to the Black Lily every week without fail. I saw Jill Scott, Jasmine Sullivan. Like, she was a kid at this time. She was, like, maybe 11 years old at this time. I saw Erica Badu. I saw, like, I saw The Roots. I saw Jazzy Fat Nassies. I saw Jaguar Wright. And the list goes on and on and on. So I knew about Jasmine Sullivan well before anybody else knew about Jasmine Sullivan. Before her first album, I knew about Jazz. I knew about Jasmine Sullivan before I went to LA, right? Yeah. So when I went to LA is around the time that Jasmine Sullivan got her record deal. And I was like, I want to work with her. And nobody really knew about Jasmine Sullivan. I was yeah. like, I want to like, and so I started, I would, I would like reach out to her team every day. Hey, hi, hi. Because I mean, she didn't know me. I was just like this stupid little kid, you know, in Philadelphia. She didn't, I was a fan, but she didn't know me. Right. And uh, it wasn't until I moved back to New York that they find that 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 her music, her music coordinator reached out to me because she knew me from uh, Beyonce, yeah. reached out to me, said, Jeffrey, can you come and, and be Jasmine's creative director for, for uh, again, the MTV Awards? Yeah. Um, and so that began my, my journey with Jasmine, which has been, uh, you know, quite a journey. It's been, it's been me, you know, she's much young, it's not, not much younger than me, but she's younger than me. Yeah. But it's been me, like, giving her all of this, stuff that I have learned throughout my journey in terms of what it means to be rigorous, what it means to be an artist, what it means to, to command an audience and command a space while you are on stage. And so, um, and so in the midst of that, you know, it's, it's, it's so, so big in the, in the music industry I've, I've been and big in like live television and, uh, and, and creating stuff behind the scenes um uh lots of lots of kind of film stuff and choreographing little stuff that you know my my name is probably listed under the the caterer's name in the credit in the credits you know um uh, but that's been my journey that's been my journey it's, it's it, it like this has not been this has not been a situation where it's like oh wake up and then I do the thing yeah. it's so interesting it's, it's so interesting coming to New York people people uh you, especially with uh, 1776 being my, my directorial debut on Broadway, yeah. people, uh, people assume that I'm a newbie, mm -hmm. but I've actually, been, I've actually been in this thing for a long time, you know, like Violet, I choreographed Violet with Sutton so, Foster. I wanted to you know? talk about that because you were talking about like your journey and how everything taught you. So you go from Fela and then here you are now choreographing another roundabout production revival with Sutton Foster. So how did Violet come into your life? Uh, <laughs> Allison, you, you, you are making me remember these things. Um, well, it's a journey to, of your life. No, no, no. I got it. I got it. It's funny, right? Because my agent at the time, called me and said, Jeffrey, can you do this job at New York Theater Workshop um, at Dartmouth? Mm -hmm. And you know, and, and I'm in my like LA mind 
where you know I'm getting I'm getting baby I'm getting money like yeah. I'm making I'm making I'm making bills you know like and they talking about like two hundred dollars for like for like three weeks three or four weeks uh at Dartmouth and I was like two hundred dollars I was like I'm not doing that <laughs> my agent said <laughs> my agent said Jeffrey this is something that that you you should do. Like you should actually do this. Um, so uh, I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. And um, I met uh, I met Lee Silverman um, during my time uh, at New York Theater Workshop at Dartmouth, and and you know I was like the big humorous guy who kind of pulled everybody together. I was the loud mouth who was always cracking jokes and making everybody laugh and talking to everybody. Um, and Lee Silverman, uh, after I got back to New York, she called me and she said, uh, "Jeffrey, can you query up the show for me?" Like she literally said it like that. Can you query up the show for me? I was like. I was like, sure. What is it? Um, she said, well, let's let's go have some coffee. And, you know, we're talking and she's telling me about the show. Like, you know, it's the show. And I'm like, great. Wonderful. We're going to do it. Great. Wonderful. And I'm like, boom. And then I said, so what city is it in? Like, where is it at? You know what I'm saying? And she's yeah. like, oh, it's on Broadway. And I was like, oh, it's on Broadway. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> like, oh. Got it. Understand, right? So that's how I got. That's how I got Violet, and that was that was a magnificent experience. And that's how that's how I um, built my relationship with Brian Crawley. That's how I built my relationship with Janine Tesori, Lee Silverman. Um, I had a wonderful experience with Sutton Foster and her doing that production, and that entire cast, Annie Golden. Um, uh, like it, that was another wonderful experience and the interesting the interesting joke that I often make about that experience is the difference between white theater and I put in quotation marks white theater and black theater yeah black theater like you know you might get cussed out you might get cussed out and you might get a shoe thrown at you and you might get a, a something else thrown at you and this and that thrown at you. If you miss a step, if you if you think too much, if you blah, 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 whatever, that's black theater. And that's the kind of theater that I was raised under. It's like so when I keep mentioning, you know, people like George Faison, Debbie Allen, like, you know, George Faison, like like these people are geniuses and they don't fucking play. Like yeah. they don't fucking play, right? And then I go to white theater and they're like, <laughs> like it was just a totally different experience. I was just like, wow, like nobody's cussing, nobody's throwing things. Like people like Sutton is bringing cookies for the cast and I'm like, this is this is like really interesting. I'm completely not used to this. Um, and it was a phenomenal experience. Uh, and and that kind of that kind of led me like my relationship with Lee Silverman, my relationship with New York Theater Theater Workshop, 
um, kind of led me to this this idea that I really want to go to school for for directing. Yeah. Um, uh, while I was in Fela, I got into NYU uh, for dance. Uh, but then I turned it down. I got into NYU master's program for dance. Um, but then I turned it down because I didn't, you know, I, I couldn't sustain doing Fela and doing the dance uh, graduate program. Uh, but now, now I'm at a, at a point in my life where like, okay, I keep hitting a glass ceiling. Mm -hmm. People keep asking me to do things that I feel uh, is a little beneath what I want to be doing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and I wanted people to see me in a real way. And so it's interesting because I made, I made the strategic decision to step away from black stuff, mm -hmm. right? I made a very strategic decision to disassociate myself with, with black stuff because I'm black enough, baby. I'm, I'm black enough and I'm going to carry it where, where, wherever I am. So I'm, it's weird. I made this decision to do Shakespeare and to do uh, Chekhov and to do Brecht and to do opera. I made the decision to go to to go to Juilliard to to go into the opera directing program at Juilliard. Like I made that decision, right? Um, and then people started seeing me as something else, which was really interesting. Um, and now I think I've come back around to where I'm like, yeah, but who I am is that same little boy who who does African dance and hip hop. That's who I am. And the way it's interesting, the way that I direct a play, it's like an African dancer. It's like it's it's this it feels like jazz in my in my mind. It feels like hip hop. Like the rhythms of the, you know, like when I any play that I direct that has no music, it feels, it feels like there's a there's something under it that that drives it that is musical, mm -hmm. and so um, after I, they say that when you come back home when you when you when you go around and you come back home, then you are then you're healthy, yeah. like you're healthy in your mind, you're healthy in your heart, um, and I think I've done all of these things and now I feel very confident coming back home and saying, I am an African dancer. That's not, that's not all that I am. Yeah. But that is, that is the, that's the lens of, of, of how I view the world. Mm -hmm. That's the lens of how I view Shakespeare. That's the lens of how I view Brecht. That's the lens of how I view, uh, view Chekhov. That's the lens of, uh, of how, how I view um, um, uh, numerous operas that I have worked on. Yeah. Um, it's as an African dancer. Right. Um, and, and I think that's the thing that I'm most interested in. And, and, and I think before the before we started chatting, you know, we spoke about Fela and Fela being this thing that. That helped me to. Uh, to kind of associate myself as a as a provocateur, mm -hmm. you know, rather than a 
than a showy, showy artist, you know, like I want to be, I want to be a person that provokes conversation. Mm -hmm. I want to be a person that, 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 that galvanizes communities to come together, um, to have deeper conversations. So this production that I'm working on, Amos Behaving, um, it's the same, essentially it's the same production that I did at Barrington Stage that, that got me the, the New York Times critics pick. Mm -hmm. um, it's the same production that I'm doing here at, at Jiva. You know, it's interesting. That production is looked at as, you know, like a, you know, it's just, you know, five black people who are, who have on sequence and hats and, you know, stuff. And, and this it's beautiful music and, and what, what story would be there. And I believe that there is a, a heartbreaking story that's there. And so that's the story that I that I built at Barrington in directing and choreographing that production. That's the story that I'm building now. I get to continue that work uh, here at Jiva and, and, and it goes on to Westport. So it's all of these things that you touched on, Allison, that are kind of sparking my mind of like, oh, that happened and that happened. And that's why I am the way I am. And that's why that's why sometimes I could be so aloof and that's why I could be so tough. And that's why I could. That's why I lean into um, a state of rigor and a state of discomfort because I think that we all should lean into that in order to discover something bigger and better and much more, um, much more divine than yeah. than what we present and what we know. Yeah. Do you? So I I want to because we only have like a few more minutes left. Um, just want to touch upon 1776 very quickly. Uh, how did that come into your life? And how did everything you just say play into co-directing and choreographing that show? I feel like I'm talking your face off. Please I, forgive me. I, no, it's fine. I, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, this is so interesting. I like hearing <laughs> the story and what they say. And that's a part of the podcast. So I'm here for it. Um. Uh, Anne Bogart, who is a mentor of mine, she was she she uh runs the directing program at Columbia, uh, where I went. Mm -hmm. Anne Bogart, um, uh, she had this class called a visiting artist, and uh, Diane Paulus came to visiting artist. And you know, when I went to grad school, I was kind of I was the dinosaur. I was the old I was the old dude. You know what I'm saying? Like. I was the old dude with, with gray hair in my chin. And, you know, I was, you know, with with, with a, a bunch of young folk, you know, who were going out and drinking beer. And like, I did, I did that shit. I did that shit when I lived in LA. I did that shit when I lived in Philly. I, like, I did that shit. Like, I did that shit years and years ago. I did, I did that shit in Paris and I did that shit in Germany. And I did that shit. I did that shit. Like, I'm not interested. Like, it's like, you know, so I was the old dude that everybody would be like, come on, Jeffrey, let's go and hang out. <laughs> right. So I was also the, the one who would ask, you know, all of the stupid questions and all of the, and I would be the one to provoke 
you know, um, and this is not to downplay my, my the rest of my cohort. They they also taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was I was definitely the one that that, you know, I just kind of felt like I'm here for a reason. So let me let's make this work. Like I, I'm not here to play no damn games. Mm-hmm. Like I want to know what I want to know. I want to meet who, who I want to meet and I want to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Um, and uh, Diane Paulus came and I was being me. I asked questions and I, you know, and, you know, blah, 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 and yada, yada, yada. And that was that. And maybe a year later, uh, Diane's assistant sent me an email and said, uh, Diane would love to have a meeting with you. Uh, so me and Diane met and Diane originally asked me to be her associate director Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because I've, I've been around Broadway and I know what Broadway is, um, you know, I, I know that choreographer ranks higher than a, than an associate. Mm-hmm. So I said, do you have a choreographer? And she said, oh, you know, I'm having some meetings. Uh, I'm having some meetings with some folks right now. Um, and I said, uh, how would you feel if I threw my hat in the rain? And she said, oh, you're a choreographer? And I was like, so here's the thing, Allison, the thing that I've been working for, which is to disassociate myself with this former me that mm-hmm. that was, that felt limited and, and confined, right? Like I was so interested in people not seeing me as the dance boy and the African dance boy and the hip hop dance boy and the blah, 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 dance and dance and dance and dance and dance. And now he, and now I made it happen. Yeah. She's literally saying to me, Oh, you're a choreographer. I didn't know that. Like, you know, what kind of little thingies have you choreographed? You know, like, can you send me your little videos? Right. And I was like, sure. I mean, I have a whole fucking MTV award and I'm in me. <laughs> so yeah so I go home I go home and I send her I I completely flood her her inbox with videos on videos on videos from years of professional work and she's like oh um <laughs> so we go through that she asked me to put together a little thingy for the producers I do that and uh, she calls me. She says, I, "I would love to offer you the position as choreographer." And that was that. And and, and so now I'm choreographer. I'm super excited. Um, so now this is my second uh, Broadway show that I'm choreographing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, months later, after we are kind of working together and we're figuring out a groove, and you know, and it's it's enjoyable. We're enjoying our research and we're enjoying all of this other stuff. Um, she then comes back to me and she says, uh, um, Jeffrey, how would you feel if if I wanted you to, to be my co-director? So not associate, but if if if, if you if, like, would you would you think about that? If if could you do the, the co? And I was like, hell yeah. I was so excited. I was so excited. So so now I'm co-director and I'm also choreographer, um, and which which 
I could have never imagined that. And for Diane to take that leap of trust in me, because co-director means that I can officially argue with her. I can officially, I can shut ideas down. Mm -hmm. I can say, I don't like that idea. And I can be the thing that kind of stops the whole process. So it, so it, it's very meaningful that, that she puts that kind of trust in me to say, um, I want you to be my co-director because she doesn't know what she signed up for. Luckily, through the years, I have learned to not be stupid and not be an asshole. Mm -hmm. So it was a very, 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 very good experience. It was a very good experience. And, and it's an experience that, that I will treasure. Um, and so that's how I that's how I got to uh, to 1776. That's fantastic. So we're towards the end now. So I just want to ask some quick questions. What are your top going theater experiences that you've had? Like seeing a show anywhere, Broadway, off Broadway, not in New York, around the world. Um, I have several. Mm -hmm. I would say, <clears throat> I would say, um, I used to go to Germany a lot, mm -hmm. uh, to Berlin. Um, and one trip, my very, very good friend who has now, now passed, her name, her name is Dominique. Uh, and, and, and she, she, she's German and I would come in town and she would like, she was like, she was like the sunshine. Jeffrey, come on, let's drink all night. Let's dance. Let's party. Let's da 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 da. So um, one time I go to Germ to Berlin, and uh, she's like, "Let's go to this theater. They have uh, this show happening um, called. Um, it, it, I forgot the German the German name of the show. It's 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 left my mind." Oh my God! It, so now, so now I, I don't have any dramatic intent right now. But it was the Three Penny Opera. Oh wow! Um, and it was the Three Penny Opera that uh, that uh, Wilson, um, Mr. Wilson, directed uh, for the Berliner Ensemble. And like, like to the senses, like it was like sensory overload. I didn't understand a word that was being said because it was all in German. Mm -hmm. um, but I was like, what in the, like, so that's that's something that has completely shifted, um, shifted my life. Uh, I would also say um, things like, uh, Things like passing strange. Uh, I would also say things like Hades Town. Hades Town is like my comfort food. Yeah. Like I sometimes I just go to Hades Town just because I just want a big old, old figurative bowl of macaroni and cheese. And so I go to Hades Town and I cry and I cry and I cry and I cry. Um, uh, um, it. It's, it's, it's tons of shows, but I would say those those are the shows that are coming to mind right now. Yeah. Do you have any, I usually ask people, because you're my first like choreographer, non, I mean, you've performed, but like 
you know what I mean. Um, so are there any like dream roles or projects that you would like to do? I want to do something that completely, that completely, um, uh, would disorient people's minds in terms of me being a black man and doing a thing. But then I also want to provoke conversations. Yeah. So just to give you an example, um, like I would love to do Shakespeare's Winter's Tale, you know, I would love and turn it into a thing. You know, right now I, 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 I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I'm being commissioned to, uh, to develop um, Trojan Women as a blues opera um, by Barrington Sage, which I'm super uh, excited about in the whole process. I did process. that show in college and I ended up getting, <laughs> I have a scar on my chin from doing that show because there was a scene where I get pushed into somebody and my chins like sliced open on their costume yeah that was fun but our choreographer was actually an African dance performer so she used the African dance for the choreography of that show so it was like a modern African dance for that show so when oh, you wow. yeah I just remember like lying on our back and like doing something like that and all of us having to like move across the stage very synchronized but yeah, so I've done Trojan Women. <laughs> so, yeah, that yeah. sounds amazing. Like I would, I would love, like I would love, like I read a lot. I would love to, like you know, take uh, Michelle Alexander's Jim Crow and and uh, the the new Jim Crow, sorry, and 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 contextualize it inside of an old piece like like the Bacchae. Yeah. You know, I would love to. I would love to stage Octavia Butler. Um, you know, one one of her novels. I would love to. I would love to 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 do a Song of Solomon by um, Toni Morrison, and reconfigure it for the Broadway stage. I would love to do. I'm not going to tell you this idea, but I would love to. I would love to do a big, meaty novel. Yeah, and. The time to pull it apart and 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 be inside of it. I would love to do stuff like that. I I just think that I, I think that things that would things that would um again disorient and 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 make people become a little dizzy and then and then focused in on like oh my god I would love to do that kind of thing. Listen, they turned a slither of. Uh, War and Peace into a big Broadway musical. So I'm sure you can do something. And you can definitely do Winter's Tale at Shakespeare. So you have the rights. I feel like that would yeah. be really cool at the Delacorte, just saying. Let's get the public theater on that. Putting in the universe, Allison. Put it in the universe. Putting it out there. All right. So let's do our inside the actor's studio questions. What is your okay. favorite word? audacity that's a good one what is your least favorite word 
um, least favorite word. Huh, I don't know. Diminish. What turns you on? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for everybody who's watching. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What turns you on? Legs. What music? Yeah. Say that again. No, I was like, oh yeah, keep going. Legs, music. Legs, music, big body sounds that wrap around your mind and your body and, and cradle you. That turned me on. I feel like we're in a room where you're about to choreograph something right now. I'm feeling it. <laughs> what turns you off? Limitations. What is your favorite curse word? Say that again. What is your favorite curse word? Motherfucker. What is your, hold on. What sound or noise do you love? The sound of my mother's voice. What sound or noise do you hate? Painful tears. What profession other than yours would you like to attempt? Um, I would love to be a be an be a historian. What profession would you not like to do? A cashier at McDonald's. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and lastly, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Welcome. Your time has just started. And then as James Lipton would say, here are your students. Hello? I, no, I'm here. Can, can you okay, yep, yep, you're back. You're back. I know, uh -huh. we like lost connection there for a second. Well, this was fantastic. I think we're towards the end now. I know you need to like hop off soon, but Jeffrey, you are welcome back anytime because I know you have a lot more stories and I'd be happy to hear them. This is an open invitation for you to come on anytime you want to. I'm saying it live on the podcast so whomever is listening will know that I said it to you. I'm going to stop recording, but you can stay on. Um, but thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and for those listening. And anything else you'd like to add or say or ask or whatever? I'm I'm just I'm super grateful for for this time. Just to just to remember, remember remembering is a remember remembering is a kind of an art. And and I'm grateful for you allowing me to remember. It feels really good to remember. Of course. Well, happy to hear all of your stories. And uh, thank you all for listening. I'm going to stop now.